Blog Talk Radio. Aloha. Welcome to Talking Pictures. I'm your host, Paul Booth. And as they say in the business, there is always a take two. Today is a take two. It's not that we had a first bad show. Uh, there was a lovely tech glitch, so we had to start a few minutes late. And I only say that because we always want to appreciate filmmakers that they come on. They always understand tech glitches. That is probably the number one thing I love about this show is that they've all had an airplane fly overhead or something happen. So with that, we're here for a film titled Served Like a Girl, directed by Lisa Hesloff. This film had a theatrical and a DVD release. And today we're going to talk about, it's on Amazon Prime, so you can check it out. It is a documentary. We will, of course, uh, once I introduce the director, we will have her explain the synopsis more. Uh, but it is about the, a group of female veterans and they fell homeless and how they comfort each other. This is obviously not only is homelessness, veterans, and what females go through, humans, but for this point, uh, females uh, are all important social topics. So we love that here. It's one of our favorite things. I actually started this show in the hopes that we would get social films so we could you know, discuss things that you can't just discuss in public anymore without somebody losing their cool. So, welcome. I see that our guest is with us. Are you with Hi. us, Lisa? Hello. Hi. How are you today? Good. Excellent. Uh, our entire show and team, thanks you for joining us. Well, I'm so happy to be here. Excellent. Excellent. I already let the audience know how we're doing a take two, but it wasn't that we botched the first take, so... We're happy to roll with it. Um, yeah. I, I love, uh, well, first of all, before I read a synopsis, because I, you know, I like looking over press materials and, you know, Internet Movie Database always has some interesting info. But I always figure if the director's on the line, we might just have them tell us what the film's about. Well, yeah, that's great. Thank you. Um, yeah, so it's about um, um, a group of uh, female veterans um, that have been deployed, that come back um, from deployment and from service all over, and they enter this competition called Miss Veteran America, which at first glance you would think is a beauty pageant, but it's actually a competition that was created by a former veteran um, to raise awareness and funds for homeless female veterans. Uh, okay, so it's all born out of charity and therapy and kind of putting in the human aspects, not just concentrating on the outer beauty, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think th I think that, you know, Jazz, um, the woman who started the competition, you know, I think her idea behind it was, uh, you know, when you're in the military, especially when you're deployed, you're, you know, you're not allowed to wear makeup, you're not allowed to wear fingernail polish, you're not allowed to color your hair, you're not allowed to have sex on deployment. So she wanted to create um, this competition, having been homeless herself, um, that really not only helped her sister veterans, but really allowed them to come together and, and really be sisters in arms, but also celebrate their beauty and their femin you know, their femininity. Because, you know, when you're deployed, you don't really get a chance to do that. And, um, 
those things that sort of come naturally to you as a woman are sort of, you know, pushed to the side when you're serving. Um, and so that was kind of her idea behind it. Well, that's really interesting. I mean, it, I think that there's nothing comical about it, but the only thing advantage it gives you is you can get ready quicker in the morning. Um, and I have friends that end up with sisters in the military. And what I, what I liked most about your film, and again, everyone, you can check this out on Prime, uh, served like a girl is the fact that it really shed light on not that I ever thought this, but that there's so many people who don't associate these issues as being with women. They just associate them as being with, I mean, it's service men and then you have to add in women or it's that, I mean, we did have wars where women didn't fight, but we're not going to get into that social aspect of it. But uh, given that you, when you did this film, uh, I, I want to know when you started it so then it can set up the framing of my next question. Mm-hmm. Um, I started shooting about two and a half years ago. Um, okay. And um, do you want to ask the next question? or? Yeah, yeah. So basically what that okay. set up was, was that we've had a number of films where they made it two years ago, two and a half years ago, and then we definitely are not going to get into what's going on socially now with everything in the business and, and women. Mm-hmm. But uh, what is it like as a director to make a film that is looking at a women's topic and then mm-hmm. now has things shift? It's almost like society makes your film more relevant than you possibly intended it to be. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, when you're st- when you're filming something, you don't think that you're going to be in the zeitgeist. And so that's not, you know, that's not in your vision. It's not in your idea. And I think one of the reasons that, because I was never intending on directing this. Um, but I think oh. one of the reasons, you know, um, I did is one, I fell in love with the women and, you know, every director, whether they be, uh, uh, you know, Academy Award winning that I would meet with to direct this, I would always find something wrong with them. And then I realized that there was absolutely nothing wrong with them, that it was that I was already attached to the women. But really, it was um, it, it was my choice to do it as an American and as a woman, because, you know, when I was growing up and even in my adulthood, when I would think about a soldier coming back from, from Afghanistan with PTSD, I, I would think about a young man. You know, and I would never think about it being a woman. And I and I don't think until I got involved with this project I, I, ever once in my entire life did I ever say to a, a, a female in the military, thank you for your service. So I, I think it was born out of a little bit of embarrassment um, and not knowing. And then it sort of became a little bit of anger and outrage. Oh. Yes, no, I, I think I, I was going to say, where does the, um, my question was going to be, what did you bring to it? But you answered it for me. But as you mentioned, the anger, uh, I have had the good fortune to, I did something and it ended up turning into a charity for veterans. And and it was just pure anger over what happened to my brother when he came home and the lack mm-hmm. of benefits and help and 
they couldn't give him bread and water, but they had a bottle of morphine for him. And it was like, I'll trade my morphine for bread. Oh, we can't do that. And so how, right. how do you as a filmmaker, aside from, I'm not going to be personal and say like talking to your producer or family mm-hmm. or whatever, on set, how do you harness the anger? Because your film, uh, obviously there's anger to it, but it doesn't feel angry like a Spike Lee film. No, I mean it was never my it was never um my intention um to make a spinach doc and I and if you need me to explain that I don't think you do but if you do I will. Um it was never my intention to make a statement, a personal statement. Um it was only my intention to follow them and to tell their truth. And you know, they, you know, when we started shooting, I mean, you know, they gave me one task and they said do not portray us as as victims do not portray us as damsels in distress do not portray us as weak just portray us honestly and the only thing we want from you is we want for people to understand and so that was always in the back of my mind when I was filming was that you know I had to take myself out of it I had to take my feelings out of it and I really just had to make it just about them and let the, let the story unfold however it, it, it did. And really that was, that was the way that I sort of got through it. And, you know, I didn't have any experience as a director. I'd never directed traffic. So kind of all I had was, you know, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. my an open heart. <laughs> I've never heard it put that way, sorry. <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, you have you had an open heart and almost like a sense of duty, which you could, which would obviously be very helpful when you're working with women who went through this out of duty and have a sense of that duty. Yes. Okay, because yeah. I, I, what, what was really interesting that also many friends and veterans I met had mentioned to was the discipline and the certain things that never leave you and carry into your civilian life. Did, was there any kind of a point where you thought maybe uh, not that you couldn't do it, but you're like, when you take a step back and you go, gosh, there's nothing I'm going to go through as a director that's going to be as challenging as these documentary subjects. So there's just, I can't ever let anything bother me, whether it's we're behind, whether it's, budgets behind I mean how, what what is it like to kind of have to step into a space where the documentary subject has lived through more than your film will ever live through so you kind of have to let go of the filmmaker side of things I think it that comes from just falling in love with your characters um and you know I mean certainly um you know I'm not going to lie to you there were many nights when you know I cried myself to sleep or I was stressed out because we you know would run out of money or you know I would spend a few days with a certain veteran and it would just you know cuz I was I would take it in and you know there's no way as a human being you couldn't take it in so I'm not going to say I didn't have really hard times because I did but my focus my focus you know it's like um, you know, when you're on the plane and they say put the you know the ox- oxygen mask on yourself before your child, I always had to put them before they they always had to come before I did. Their feelings always had to come before mine, and so you know I just always had to just you know stay in check with myself and just be really mindful 
okay. Because there were there were there was certain uh, parts of your film where it's it's a great challenge to when you're looking at something to review it, or you're looking at something knowing you might interview the director, and then you also have the that you just love film, or if you've ever made a film, then you're thinking, mm-hmm. wow, if I was in that room. And that's what I really liked about it was just kind of the grace that the film had, uh, that any frustration I had with the film, like I told you earlier, was uh, my own stuff, was not your film pushing it on me, was not you talking from the soapbox. And for the audience, I just wanted to say that uh, I know a lot of audience out there, you guys avoid documentaries, whether they be about 9-11 or uh, certain presidents or whatever, because a lot of documentaries get too talky or they get too one-sided. The one thing we want to say about this documentary is that it does just give you the story. And so whatever you feel really is going to be what you're bringing to the table, which is fine, whether you're, whether you're going to get mad, sad, whatever, um, it, the film worked on that level, which I think is the greatest challenge. So that leads me to the question of, for you, other than it being your directorial debut, uh, what, did, what would you feel was the greatest challenge as a director? Um, it was very hard for me to try and establish, and I continue to do this every day, healthy boundaries with my subjects. Um, but, you know, I, I just, you know, when you, when you, when you connect with your subjects and you, you love them unconditionally, you know, it's just like sort of all the, the crap that you have to go through making a doc, you have to go through it. And I was always mindful of my audience too. I was always mindful of you. Like I never wanted my audience to sit in sadness for too long without bringing in, you know, humor. I never wanted you to feel like you left this film and you wanted to jump off a cliff. I wanted you to leave and feel hope, you know. So I was always I was always thinking about like, you know, I was always thinking about you guys too because uh, you know, there are a lot of finished documentaries where you get a lot of information and they put a lot of cards up on the screen and they make these really bold statements and it's like F you. And, uh, you know, and, and I, and I watched them and I learned something from them and I should have watched them. I just feel like I I need to jump off a cliff or take a bath or whatever. And I didn't want this film to be that. I wanted this to to play out like a real narrative three act structure. Um, where there was levity and irony and humor and sadness and triumph and failure. And, um, and I think those girls did that, you know, in spite of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, what I, what, the next question is, did you, do you have, and uh, again, feel free if you don't want to share it, but I, I love asking guests is what's something that, for yourself or for others, that was the best lesson, not the best, a lesson you got from this where you kind of had a moment where you sat down, say, over lunch or you came home from work and you just were able to think, wow, had I not done this film or Mm -hmm. been in this moment, I probably would have never learned this lesson. 
Well, I mean, there were so many. And I think that, you know, I think that is what, that is why, you know, we've gotten the response that we've gotten is because people had no idea um, that there were so many homeless female veterans and it was the fastest growing population in our country. I don't think people had any idea that women, you know, this war has no borders. Um, It's asymmetrical. And uh, most women are seeing combat. You know, I had no idea. Um, that these women are flying planes and they're shooting guns and they're, you know, these are things that I didn't know. And I also didn't know that, you know, they were not getting the same, you know, resources that men were getting and, and, and men aren't getting the greatest resources. So (laughs) it was even, it was even doubly upsetting to me. Um, I mean, I learned so much. And and I also learned, too, in terms of, like, the women that I chose to follow, you know, a big takeaway for me as a human being, um, put it, you know, setting aside being the director, was, you know, never judge someone until you know their story. Right. That's, I mean, yeah, that is, I think that's lesson numero uno right now for our society, and we won't get into all the other topics, but... Yes, that is so, uh, I never understood it when I was a kid, but my grandfather used to always say, walk a mile in someone else's shoes and then run your mouth about them. And Exactly. I, you know, when you're a kid, you always think grandpas are just talking tall tales or, right. you know, oh, excuse exactly. me. Um, I, I, what I, one thing I wanted to just go back to was that uh, I can admit to, well, first of all, I think, obviously, and you know this, but everyone can learn something new every day. So I had to spend about 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 seconds feeling stupid for not knowing more about the female side. But then I also realized I'm 38. I'm a heavy product of media. Unfortunately, now I'm learning to not pay attention to it. And in the last 10 years, but I think uh, just the fact that, like you were saying, I mean, as bad as the men are getting it, and this is where I like to not say men, women, but then to hear that they say, oh, we didn't even budget for women, and that just, that's public knowledge, so that's not giving anything away. Uh, so to have it where it's like, gosh, I, I have friends who have been waiting three years just for a simple knee surgery yeah. uh, that could be done as an outpatient, and so I mean, my gosh, you know, you see those stories on TV, which I'm sure you came across in your research where people are the, a guy that lives in the Valley. His option is to go to Minnesota for a, for a surgery. And it's like, he can't, he doesn't even have the money for a ticket to fly there, let alone a surgery. So yeah, this is yeah. a really, you know, huge issue. And what I liked that this film did was that it also didn't take from men, which I think many social issues uh, not just the one that I won't go near f- with a hundred foot pole mm-hmm. are uh, in recent years of politics, which again, I won't get into that are becoming male issue, female issue. And this one is so just about service men and women, I guess, because I've never heard service people. Uh, but yeah, it was, that's what I really liked about it was it, it gave me the sense to be like, wow, how have I never thought that there's as many, um, and not getting into, because I think we hear hammered down our throats. We hear the, the like I met a veteran once and he's like, 
we have three options. He's like homeless, jail, or overdosing on pills. That's and, true. And, yeah, and that was one of the most, I remember, like, I didn't, I think I didn't breathe for about 10 seconds. Mm. And I kind of thought he was joking, and I laughed. He's like, why are you laughing? I said, oh, I said, it's got to be better than that. And he's like, nope. And so that's what I liked about this film was that it gave me a big epiphany of my own. Uh, now, you kind of talked about the challenge, challenge of sticking to the story, not being a spinach doc. Uh, was there some editing or some scenes existed where maybe things got too political and you had to, as subjects or yourself, you had to remind yourself this wasn't a bash Bush, bash Obama, bash this policy? Uh, how, how was it to not have po- po- politics slip in somewhere? No, because um, the girls in my film were all immensely, and still are, incredibly proud of their service. So there was no bashing, and and sort of the stories, you know, and 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 I, you know, in terms of the VA, I didn't want to bash the VA because I wanted the VA. You know, the VA came to the when we did the screening on Capitol Hill, they came to the screening. I wanted them to see it and say, oh, okay we need to make some changes here. I didn't want them to see it and be pissed off. So (laughs) any statements that came out of the film came from an experience that one of the women was having. So it wasn't like we were, you know, making these, you know, there were all these political choices and we were choosing not to go there. There, You know, they were just being truthful and honest, and I just took that. Oh, okay. I, you know, I like that. And it would be interesting to track the difference between when a film, excuse me, is something like Born on the Fourth of July about someone versus when there's just a documentary about a Vietnam vet or Mm -hmm. any vet, because it almost seems like the documentaries can steer away from that. But uh, like Hal Ashby's coming home. I mean, they don't talk about Johnson. They don't talk about Nixon. They don't. Mm-hmm. But then you have the real, you know, that great speech at the end when John Voight says, I don't know if they want to hear what I have to say. I always think about that it, when it comes to veterans is that sometimes people ask them questions or look into a story. And I almost feel like that kind of sums it up best. So I liked that you had the... Uh, the forward, the uh, not the forward site, the vision to know that if you're going to be on Capitol Hill, you don't want to be rubbing people wrong. And by the way, could you just tell us briefly uh, how that went about, or what what is that like to screen on Capitol Hill? I mean, that must just be, I mean, even as an American, never mind as a director. What? what was, yeah, what was I mean, like? I was I was terrified. Um, we it was I think it was October 25th. Um, so not that long ago, um, but it was quite beautiful. I had three of the veterans with me, and um, it was really wonderful to see, you know, people from both sides of the aisle come together for women, you know, and and um, and everybody responded to it beautifully. And with you know, uh, you know, I'm we're working on some legislation now, and so I think that, you know. I was really nervous because I thought that that was going to be my toughest screening because um, I knew there were going to be some members of the VA there. Um, I knew both sides of the aisle would be there. But, uh, you know, like I said, the film is – it. you don't walk away from it 
going, you know, God damn it, I'm going to go blow up the VA. You walk away (laughs) going, you walk away going, you know, okay, let's make a change. Okay. You know, let's, let's make a change here. Let's, let's come together as, as American citizens and start having this discussion. You know, because it's it's absolutely impossible to put a soldier into boot camp for three and a half to five months and have every single decision made for them every day, thousands of decisions, um, knowing that they're seeing the things that they're seeing and then giving them basically kind of a week to transition out where then they don't have their squadron, they don't have their family. They, they all of a sudden have to make all these decisions for themselves and they can't. And and because so few women actually utilize the VA, I think it's less than 12%. Um, you know, sadly, they're going to end up in the streets or they're going to end up couch surfing. They're going to end up using drugs. They're going to end up committing suicide. Um, whereas if you had that three months going in, have that three months going out too. And have preventative cognitive therapy. Have preventative, you know, therapy for PTSD. Um, job training, you know, teach them how to make these decisions, you know, um, because these are people that have raised their right hand and offered to die for us. And, you know, we owe them a chance to, to live their lives, you know, successful civilians when they come out. Yes, I, I like, I like that idea of a kind of a, a boot camp to go in, a boot camp to go out. I mean, I had guys actually tell me that in the Marines, just for their specific situation, I don't generalize anything, is that they said they took a one-hour class and read yeah. this, like, 10-page pamphlet. And, and, and you know, I think for me, there's always been a weird duality to this because it's like, for my friend, the Marines not taking care of him, kicking him out because of his need that hello, wouldn't have been messed up if they weren't running him up and down hills in San Diego all day. Um, And then not taking care of him, there's this odd duality of he would not have survived the streets if he wasn't a Marine because he knew how to adapt to any situation and he knew that sleeping behind a trash can was safer than bombs going off by you. So there's this, there. I I don't want to say that it's right, but I, I think there's probably this weird thing where the military goes, well, you guys just came back from having your friend's brain on your face. Mm-hmm. So who cares that you have to work Walmart and deal with a Xanax problem? I mean, and that does, I'm not condoning it. I'm saying there's that mm-hmm. weird kind of scene my friend go through nine or 10 months of drug addiction and then quitting it. Now he's clean. Now he has a family, kids, mm-hmm. manages a big grocery store. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, like you were saying, there can be hope, and uh, not all of us get to see, you know, get to see that hope. I'm just fortunate that my friend wasn't a statistic. So that's what I really liked about your film was that it accurately showed how there can be a change, and not just another story on. Well, I don't watch the 11 o'clock news here in LA, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah. For that exact reason, there's enough scary stuff going on. But uh, well, that's is true, there... and that's and that's what they're saying. You know, yeah, that's what my message from them was. Yeah, you know, I've helped, you know had my battle buddy's brain on, on my body, but I 
don't want to be treated any differently than any other American. All I want is to be treated the same. And, you know, when you're a woman and it takes you six months to get an appointment with a gynecologist, and you go back and, you know, every time you go back, you're being seen by a different man and you're waiting 10 hours, like, that's not being treated the same. Of of course. And I also want to say for the, you know, for what we've talked about with the VA, there is that also that duality of, I have friends that are waiting in line for the simplest things, but then also every time I start to get frustrated at the VA, my father will tell me about something that because he's a Vietnam veteran and he's in his late Mm -hmm. 60s, where they ended up like one time literally uh, had the VA not been there, he would have died. So it was like, okay, so I'm mad at the VA, but when they save my father's life, the VA is okay. So there is, I think there's just, I mean, there's always two sides, but I like how you kept that out of it because I think that is again, another, that's a, that's an issue for a whole other podcast. But, um, with that, we want to, I want to read off the website here for you. And if you would like to plug any social media, and then we have our final two questions that we ask every guest. Um, the film website is www.servedlikeagirl.com slash the dash film slash. Again, that's www.servedlikeagirl.com slash the dash film slash and then if uh before the questions is there any social media you'd like to plug yeah i mean you know linda perry my producer is a badass rock star and she went and got um pat benatar to sing our end song christina aguilera gwen stefani pink natasha bedingfield dorothy chelly wright all donated music to our soundtrack, which is on iTunes. And um, Linda absorbed all the cost for making all the music, recording all the music, and 100% of the soundtrack goes to homeless female veterans. Plug! Oh, excellent. <laughs> thank, thank you for doing that. That's, uh, that's wonderful. I mean, I, I had always heard how much Gwen Stefani does for veterans. I had just never heard anything specific, so... Um, is the, and I assume the, does the soundtrack have another name or it's just people would look it up as soundtrack for served like a girl. Yeah. Served like a girl soundtrack. It's, it's, yeah. Okay. Same post, same artwork. Yeah. And again, let us know those names because halfway through, I was so astounded by who you were (laughs) listening that I Um, just, cause I'm so thankful when I'm so (laughs) thankful when people of, of that level, uh, are doing for others and you know uh, so please go ahead and list that again so the audience yeah. has that yeah I mean we wanted to take action that was really badass and not just like oh text ten dollars so um, Linda Perry from Four Non Blondes, Pat Benatar, um, Gwen Stefani, Christina Aguilera, Pink, Dorothy, um, Kelly Wright, uh, Lizzo, um, it's just an amazing group. All female artists um, created this really wonderful kick-ass soundtrack, and all the proceeds, 100% of the proceeds, um, even the cost, um, um, go to homeless female veterans. Uh, final salute. Excellent. That's very, very cool. I have... I, I had two rules today. I wasn't going to get mad, and I wasn't going to cry, so... 
Uh, you, you're pushing my second rule there. Sorry. Um, so, the, so the last two questions are for you as a filmmaker. Uh, we enjoyed talking about Served Like a Girl. Again, everyone, check that out on Amazon Prime and go to iTunes for that soundtrack. Uh, now, as a filmmaker, you have the script you want. You have the budget you need. Um, everything's in line. What is your dream genre to direct? Well, I'm already started my next project. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so yeah, um, I really love um, documentaries and, and docu-series, and, and so my next project is kind of a murder docu-series. It's solving a murder, but the thesis is, you know, can, you know, people below the poverty level get justice? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, this, this is, I, I really... <laughs> I, I really enjoy when, uh, and again, I want to premise this with, I do not tell a guest a single thing they want to hear. I don't even say that you're, if I've met them, that your hair looks nice if they want to hear it. So <laughs> I'm very truthful when I say this, that I, I really like when I meet guests that uh, are helping us meet the intention of our show, because I always wanted to create, have this show be a place where, filmmakers would come across it that have a social issue that we want to talk about, but we don't have to worry about bringing it up. Like you said, yeah. you don't want to piss off the VA. So we don't want to have one episode where just, we get, you know, 1500 audience members who disagree that I said, mm -hmm. I don't like Bush. And then all of a sudden the numbers go down. So we're always thankful when a filmmaker we come across that literally what we want to say and we can help say it through them. So mm -hmm. uh, I really wanted to thank you for that answer. And these, so I, I mean, to me, I think it's what film should be used for to go after social issues. And uh, I don't want to say indict, but put things out there for us to think about. I think there's, yeah, you know, just give information. Need, yeah. I mean, Hey, we, we need revenge of the nerds for a good 11 PM laugh when we're in college yeah. with our buddies, but Hey, you know, you got to you got to do something with it. The last question is as a filmmaker and there's no your the budget same thing, the budget's there, the script is there, you know you're going to have fun with the cast, uh but there's no way you're ever going to do this genre and your name would not be seen on this genre. If the genre if it wasn't in my wheelhouse, you mean? Well, oh, I sorry, I forgot to say Put it this way, you're living in your car, you haven't eaten for a week, you're uh -huh. broke filmmaker, and there's no way you're taking this paycheck and doing this film because your name will never appear on this genre of film. Um, I don't know what I would do. I mean, I would never, I would never, I would never do anything. I would never make a film that I wasn't passionate about. Um. Just I don't know if I'm answering the question right. No, no, no. Actually, there's no right or wrong answer because some have said I'm open to, like, of course, our cinematographers that we've interviewed, they've said, well, I would try a horror film. I might not like it, but I would try it. Or some have said, uh, you know, I wouldn't do this genre. So something that you're not passionate about, that's a great answer because that's your answer. So there's no, I mean, because that's obviously, as we know, as filmmakers, that's, Sometimes all we have at the end of the day is our passion for the subject. So 
So that's yeah, actually no, a, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't unless I felt passionate about it. Unless I felt like I could really do a good job. I couldn't. You know, it's just not, and it's you know, it would just skew too far away from my moral compass. Excellent. Well, this is <laughs> this is great because we love filmmakers who have a moral compass. Um, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, I, I like I said, I don't want to make Hollywood mad because we like Hollywood. I love going there. So mm-hmm. um, with that, uh, as always, again, we thank you for our time. We, we wish this film and, of course, the soundtrack, uh, especially the soundtrack, um, best of luck in what you're doing. And uh, feel free through PR um, in the future if you'd like another film uh, promoted or if you'd just like to let us know and we 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 love announcing what past guests are up to and okay. talking about a screening or a premiere. I always say unless you hang up and say why did I just do that idiot show you're yeah. welcome back and uh, okay. yeah please, please feel free and um, and we wish you a happy holiday and uh, yeah this, this was a lot of fun so I appreciate you, you calling in. Thank you so much I'll talk to you guys later, and it was so nice to meet all of you that I don't know. Oh, yes. Um, (laughs) Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, and that was Lisa Hesloff, director of Served Like a Girl. Check that out on Amazon Prime, and scroll back a little bit if you came in late, and check out the iTunes soundtrack. My gosh, Pat Benatar and and Pink and Gwen Stefani uh, look up Served Like a Girl soundtrack. All the proceeds going to veterans, you know? This is what we need more of. Now, my opinions, nothing to do with uh, Lisa Hesloff or her team or film, just simply as the host of this show. uh, This is an an issue that is just a hot button issue for me, having multiple uh, generations of my family serve in wars. Uh, We've got to come together on this. We've got to do more for our veterans. So please take a look at this film, support the soundtrack, And most of all, I'm from Hawaii, so I'm going to say spread some aloha and please spread some peace. That's what our world needs right now. Take care, aloha, and we will see you next time for episode 262 of Talking Pictures.